Hello, Michelle Laurie here, and as promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane, and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio, or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so you know we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian True Crime Live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. I mean, there are people who see vulnerability and want to protect it. And there are people who see vulnerability and want to exploit it. And obviously here we're talking about the exploiters. Patrick Tidmarsh is a criminologist and his specialty is sexual assault. He travels the world teaching police how to interview victims of sexual assault and sexual offenders in the hope that he can have some positive impact on the pathetically low rates of conviction in that area. 
His new book is called The Whole Story, and like Patrick, it's not clinical or dispassionate. It's not just a collection of case studies about people we can write off as monsters. The Whole Story is a call to arms. It asks us to play our part in fighting the epidemic of sexual assault in our culture. Patrick Tidmarsh asks us to open our eyes and to see sexual assault, sexual assault victims and sex offenders where they really are, especially when they're in our own homes, and most especially when they are us. He asks us to have the difficult conversations we need to have. He argues that the reason our justice system is failing us on the issue of sexual assault is because it consistently misses the whole story. Patrick Tidmarsh joins us to talk about uncomfortable things. What's your official title? Well, I don't work for VicPol anymore. Yeah, right. Um, my official title when I was there was Principal Practitioner for Family Violence Command and working on the Sexual Offence and Child Abuse Investigation Team. So 2004, there was a Law Reform Commission here that looked at the way the system dealt with sexual offending every agency and police got a terrible review yeah. uh, had lost the confidence of the public and they had cultures of disbelief I mean it was a real hammering because the culture said these men are scum yes uh, these women are lying you know wherever you were in the family violence or the sexual offending area there was a message that said don't even bother when I started in 2007 which is not that long ago, if you had a family violence case, it wouldn't be unusual to hear, oh, why are we bothering? It's just shit versus shit. Those were the culture, the cultural messages about how important you should make this. And so when we started, you had to go and find the ones that were good interviewers. And there was always one, you know, I think I've written about it in the book. They'd say, you should go and talk to Smithy. Smithy's great with them. And Smithy, male or female, could always sit with someone who's done appalling things, listen to their story, connect and also had the good technique to know how to ask a question and listen to the answer. Mm. And the really good ones could do that. And so what we tried to do was make that the norm rather than the exception. Do you think people are afraid that uh, if they can find any level of understanding with a person like that, that that means that there's some of it inside them? It's a really interesting question because I think most people want to see normal life as one thing and sex offending is something completely different. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it doesn't work like that. It's more that there is a, a, a misalignment and offenders know that. If you're an offender and you want to target somebody else's children, they've worked out how to do that by using human nature against those parents or against that child. And most of the things, so if you look at the psychology of offenders, the things that make them do what they do or that they use as excuses for what they do. They are a sense of entitlement, an inability to take responsibility for their behaviour, an inability to deal well in adult relationships so they move to other relationships that they can control, an ability to deceive themselves of the amount of damage that they're doing to the people that they harm and so on and so on. Mm. Well, those are really things that we all do to a certain extent, just in a completely different context. So the reality of sexual offending is much more closely connected to, to us and our humanity than we might like to think it is. And that's a very uncomfortable thing to have to wrestle with. It's tricky to work in this area and... And go back to your life. And go back to your life at the end of the day. Police forces nearly always attract the most criticism, but to a certain extent it isn't fair 
because even if they were brilliant at their job and produced briefs of evidence that were powerful and persuasive of what had taken place, there is a phenomenon in the criminal justice system called downstream orientation, and it, and it basically works like this. So the public holds views and attitudes about sex and sexual offending and punishment and so on, riven with myths and misconceptions. So then those members of the public become police officers. So you got your primary problem is you have to make sure they don't hold those views by the time they're listening to these stories. So then the next pressure point comes when someone comes in and tells their story and it might be confusing, like why did she wait two weeks to report or why did you keep going around to the guy's house or how drunk were you? So they've got all those elements that say, oh, gee, this one's going to be hard to persuade someone. So if you can get over that hurdle, then you get it to the senior officer who says, right, now we need to determine is there a reasonable prospect to conviction? This is kind of chilling term in a way. Is there a reason? Mm. Who knows what the answer to that question is? But you ask a lawyer <laughs> who's prosecuting, their view uh, will probably be the one that the in the police officer is holding in mind mm -hmm. and thinking, well, what will they think? Rather than making their own decision about what they think, they'll go, well, what will the prosecutor think? Because the prosecutor's thinking, well, what will the juror think? Yeah. Which brings you right back to the beginning with the general public who sit on juries and who hold those myths and misconceptions. And there's right. loads of information about how many we hold, why we still hold them, about why do they continue relationship, why weren't there injuries that people expect mm. there to be, why has their memory got that gap in it and not this gap and so on? Yeah. Um, and until we, one, understand how many mis misconceptions that there are, but two, and I think more importantly, realise that the biggest blocker in the system is actually us. So I think the most important thing to say mm. is that offending starts with offenders. Yes. And oftentimes when we listen to a story, we're actually judging the victims. And if they're reporting to a police force that doesn't, know what it's doing mm. as one very honest senior officer in a different country said to me just the other day she said effectively we're investigating victims now we're not investigating suspects mm. because we're looking at them to go well where's the problem with this story mm. that with that and so their their job now is to change their culture around and their thinking around and have offender focused investigations there's two five percents that are really useful for everybody listening to know if they don't already, and I'm sure most of them do. But so false reporting comes up a lot. Yes. And what do you mean by that? Does it? It doesn't happen a lot, but the idea of it comes. The up idea a lot. of it comes up yeah, a lot. Does. Yes. Yeah. But actually, the reality of false reporting is only about five percent. And of that five percent, I think a lot of people think that's a malicious five percent. But the biggest group in there are people with mental health problems. And oftentimes, when we get those stories in, and what they're saying is provably false they're actually trying to tell the investigator something that either historically or contemporaneously has happened to them. They're just not able to articulate it. And malicious false reporting is way smaller than most people think it is. The other 5% is that when Mark and I looked at the figures of, with that expectation that if something bad happened to you, you'd immediately go and tell someone. So most people think you should report immediately. Mm. So we looked at all the people who'd reported to VicPol in that year and an immediate report is classified here and in lots of police forces within 72 hours of the event itself. And then we looked at the numbers that had reported within 72 hours. We found of the total numbers, only about 5% report straight away. So it is much more likely that people will wait um, to see whether they want to, what the consequences might be. And of course, the longer we wait, the less likely we are to tell. In some ways, that used to be is seen as a problem with investigators. Oh, what are we going to do about the two-week wait? But actually, for me, I think that that 
is something that is relevant evidence we can explain to someone and say, this is why she waited two weeks. That's actually quite typical behaviour and very understandable behaviour. I don't think it gives us a problem at all. Mm -hmm. But historically, we used to kind of hide those things. Like we'd hide the fact that there were no injuries. We'd hide the fact that she waited two weeks or there was an inconsistency. Whereas now, you know, good investigators know, don't hide it, explain it. I just keep thinking, well, what is the answer? Like how is this going to change? Right. Two minutes go. Let's start in the justice system, I think, because in some ways that's the, that's the easiest. If we, like the Swedes, for example, we have affirmative, they have affirmative consent, as we now have in Tasmania and New South Wales, um, coming into Victoria, but they've gone further than that. They have changed laws now, so rather than just rape and sexual assault, they have, what, they have negligent rape and negligent sexual assault. So the expectation on anyone... Um, engaging in sexual relationships is that they must have communicated with the other person to determine whether or not they were consenting to that. And if they didn't, that will lay them open to a charge of negligent rape or negligent sexual assault. So they've decided to educate their young people and adults in consent and sexual relationships. So from kindergarten up, sex is seen as a part of relationships. And so consent is effectively taught from kindergarten onwards and how to negotiate, how to communicate. So there's a cultural effort uh, at one end to change or maintain positive relationships, and at the other end there are clear and significant punishments that are much likely, much more likely to be prosecuted than the bigger charges. I've been working with students for the last couple of years, and I have been shocked. After all these years working in sexual crime, I have been shocked at, at the amount of abuse happening to young women. Mm. I knew it was there, but when you work with students all the time, just seeing it and feeling the anguish and the, just how much is happening, I really hope that these movements taking place now, particularly with young women leading the way, make, make a difference. And I'm also aware that institutions are still lagging behind and trying to protect themselves with lawyers or put policy in but not really enact it. So the answer, to go back to your question before about what do we do about all of this, is we look at everything. We look at our own courage and our own honesty. We look at the conversations we're having at that basic level with our children. We give a lot more money to kindergarten teachers and teachers and anyone working with families and children. Mm. I think what I'm also hopeful about young men, when they hear what is and isn't okay and and we're talking to them, from early ages, they are generally receptive and absolutely mm. do not want to behave in a way yeah. that is uh, yeah. offensive, obnoxious or, 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 or dangerous. Yeah. But we've got to work at it, I think, and we really have to listen to what Billie Eilish and, mm, very powerful, and others are saying and do something about it. Patrick Tidmarsh's book, The Whole Story, is available now. If you're in immediate danger in Australia, you should call triple zero. If you want to report a sexual assault within Australia, you can call 1800 RESPECT 24 7 on 1800 737 732. You can also call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Thanks to the following patrons Jamie, Jamie Lee Egan, Susie Wolfe, Catherine Londrigan, Sarah LaRose, Tom Sheridan, Hayley Tolcher, and Sally Dowd. 
Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Michelle Laurie here, and as promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so you know we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian True Crime Live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.